Hello and welcome to episode four of our True Blue podcast, um, discussing everything Chester FC related here at the Chester Chronicle. Um, it's a reduced team this week. It's it's myself, Dave Powell, and, and, and Paul Wheelock, one of our sports reporters at the Chronicle, and we're going to discuss what's been a busy few days for, for the Blues. We've had, obviously, the Tramier game at Prenton Park on Saturday. Well, it's been a busy old week in terms of news, meaning we've got the Wrexham rearrangement, um, Eastleys, um, have kind of came out and, and and tried to make amends for the postponement at the end of last month. And we're also going to talk about this weekend's FA Cup Clash at Kidderminster as well. So I think the best thing to do is start off with uh, the weekend that was and Tranmere away, nil nil at Prenton Park, an absolutely phenomenal away following of one thousand one hundred ninety eight fans. Um, just made for what seemed like a it felt like a football league game, um, and it almost those kind of. Halcyon days of um, when we used to, you know, travel to the likes of Hull and Cardiff, and, and used to get big, big crowds, and it, it felt like that. It didn't feel like a, a non-league game at all. Um, it's crazy to think that it think that it is. It just shows the way that that the games changed. But um, it was on the back foot for for a good, good portion of that game. I'd, I'd say probably eighty-five minutes, and it's um, they, they've come away with a point, and it's you've got to think that it's a. It's a game that maybe we would have lost um, in previous circumstances, maybe, but it was just really tough, resilient performance from 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 Bignett's side, and and they, for me, because of the way they kind of defended defended resolutely, and Alex Lynch's performance was, was absolutely world class. You know, I, I can't remember too many better performances, whether it be the Reform Club or or Chester City than that. I mean, he really was absolutely phenomenal on top of his game but first of all I mean a word for those fans Paul that's absolutely phenomenal sport takeaway isn't it tremendous I know when I was looking on Saturday night I think it was better than the vast majority of clubs in non-league better than their home attendance total attendances which you know goes to show the kind of scope what this club still has I know people will say oh well it was only over to over to Tramia and the Wirral but that's a lot of fans that 1,200 it's not far off a million miles off some of the home attendances what have been Given this, uh, given this season, and it was just great that they got a positive result from that's that's twice now in two years they've gone to Tramia, and really connected with the fans. I know John McCarthy said that was a real big moment, wasn't it, last season uh, when Astros got the late leveller, and you heard what Marcus Bignett had to say after the game. He said it was frightening. He said I've never heard, you know, a fan sing my name like that. And this is a guy who's played for QPR, captain them, got him into the championship. You know, crew, other good clubs played up and down the pyramid. And I think it does, again, we've talked about it in recent weeks, it really hits home that this is a decent-sized little football club, this Chester, and days like that, I think, prove it again. You forget about it, don't you, because it's um, because it's easy to to kind of forget about when you're going away to Boreham Wood or, or Bromley and teams like that. And it's it, But it, the games like that do, do kind of reconnect with the fans, and I thought it was important as well, given the fact that the, how disappointing the Woking result was on the Tuesday previous... Yeah. Um, it was important they went there and got something and kind of I thought early on as soon as Tramia started to put the foot on the on, on the pedal pretty much from the off I thought it was going to be one of those days where you know if you, I didn't think we'd get out of there with anything after after kind of the first half I thought Tramia would eventually find a way through but they didn't um, <clears throat> and it's really positive point to build on that I mean and that's for, for Marcus Bignett I mean that's three games a win a loss and a draw um, and two clean sheets so you know it's could be could be a could be a heck of a lot worse, and I think he'd be quite pleased and, and quite heartened by the start they made. I mean, because it was an, another side to to Chester that he really saw. I mean, because he he'd spoken quite at length about the fact that when they don't play great, 
um, there's a real need for him to, to stay in games, not lose football matches. Well, he actually corrected us when we spoke to him on Saturday and said, is it find a way to win football matches? But um, but a point, I mean, I think most people would have taken nil nil at Tramie before the game. Um, but it's just having that moment as well where you've got all you've, you've had that wonderful travelling support, and then the players get to go over and applaud them, and actually drinking it in a little bit, and, and actually take some plaudits and from what had been a, a disappointing result on the on the Tuesday against Woking, it just gives them something to kind of a bit of a springboard. Um, the important thing now is that they try and take some build on it, build on it, and, and take it forward because it, it would be a, a shame to see it waste. I mean, because it could have gone two ways that performance in terms of they sink and they lose a couple of goals they go down 2-0 I mean people be thinking oh well it's Tramia but then that becomes two defeats in a row and then you start getting on a cycle again and you're in a you're in a run of defeats and it becomes become a problem and it gets creeps into the mindset again whereas previously they won against Maidenhead got the home home winless record off the back and then the kind of it was like after the Lord Mayor's show almost against Woking wasn't it and, um, and it kind of it brought everyone back down to earth with a bump as well, thinking, oh, there are deficiencies and that there are problems that need to be addressed. Um, but I th- <clears throat> before we move on from, from Tramley, I do want to talk about Alex Lynch a little bit more. Just really, really pleased for him because he had to sit out the start of the season. Um, he was dropped uh, in favour of Connor Mitchell. Um, and it always irks me a little bit, things like that, because Connor Mitchell, as good a goalkeeper as he may be, he's Burnley's goalkeeper, belongs to Burnley. Um, the only benefit of Conor Mitchell played he plays well for us and we get some good results fine but in the long run it only benefits he's Burnley. not hard, is he? no yeah, yeah. whereas Alex Lynch he's young goalkeeper he's hungry he's got things he needs to work on like like any any young young player at non-league level but I really think he's got something there like something in his locker and it just goes to show on Saturday that like a real kind of Look, if we would have been playing until now, it looked like Tramia weren't <laughs> going to beat him. Yeah. You know, James Norwood tried and tried as he might, couldn't find a way through, and that's Tramia. With I know they'd only scored nine goals before that game, but that's a side with James Norwood, Andy Cook, you know, James Allaby. They bought they bought on the lad McDonough from uh, from Nottingham Forest. You know, so they've got a wealth of options up front and lads who were able to create from the midfield, but they couldn't find a way through. You know, part of that was because some superb defending from. Ryan Astles and John McComb, but massive part. I mean, you can't really without without a performance of that from Lynch, then we don't we don't come away from any from Brenton Park with anything. I mean, it's important that him, like lads like him, are given a given a clear run at this. I'm totally with you because I remember I was on all at the time, wasn't I? I remember them signing Mitchell, and I just thought, what's that going to say to Lynch? You know, the Chester have got a small amount of defenders. They played more or less the similar back four throughout pre-season with the goalkeeper. I know he picked up an injury towards the end of it. But what did that say to him? You know, everyone thought he was the number one. And just before the season started, I know they needed backup. But I just didn't think that was a good move by John McCarthy. And to his credit, he's kept his head up. And even to his credit, after what happened against Woking, I think Andy Holes, you know, gave him a hospital pass, didn't he, for the, for the second goal. But maybe he could have done better, you know, and that could have played on his mind. And yeah, I like him, and he's really popular. The fans you can say that when you go to the games, you can see that when you do or I do or everyone does articles on him. The fans like him. There's something identifiable about him, and you you look at him after the game, and he just reminds me of like a Neville Southall kind of thing, if you know what I mean. I just maybe the North Walian thing again, but yeah, I like him. I really do. He almost like strikes him. me as a character that kind of almost should have played in a 
different era yeah, type yeah, of thing, you know, because yeah. he's, he's the type that you don't really come across all too often in football. I mean, he's very kind of open and, and honest, and he, um, but I mean, he's also doesn't come with the trappings that, that footballers tend to. This, you know, he Alex turns up in his, in his Vauxhall course or whatever and comes down <laughs> the A55, you know, yeah. and uh, but he's always there. I mean, he's seldom is anyone many cars there before him, and he puts a lot of work in and a lot of effort. Um, and there's also the fact that. If he plays well and, and you know he gets a, he, it's a goalkeeper you need to run the games. You also need competition. Yeah. I under I do understand why you, you know we brought in a, a good standard goalkeeper, but I would have bought I would have tried to find someone further down the pyramid to try and challenge him rather than bringing in a loan keeper where you, you're almost you get that kind of pressure from the uh, the parent club almost to play yeah, these yeah, lads, you know, because yeah, they don't want they, they don't want their lads going out and sitting on the bench. Yeah. What what good is it to them? You know, they want them to be playing. So you almost feel that kind of onus. You think, oh, we got him. You know, in order to please Burnley, we better put him in the team. But Alex Lynch is what we need to be developing. And Absolutely. thankfully, I mean, um, that seems to be the case now. I mean, uh, Marcus said his performance was average. He was on Saturday, he was very much <laughs> tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, so hopefully now we'll get the chance to really kind of move on. And kick on from this, and who knows? He could be someone who makes a little bit of money down down Definitely. the line. I mean, he has things to work on. And Dave Felger, the goalkeeper and coach, you know, says that he goes, he's still got elements of his game which are quite raw. But um, there's there's a great goalkeeper in there, and someone who who I think can can play certainly at a higher level. So certainly in the football league. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll kind of wrap Stramian up because it's. Um, I mean, we've managed to get. A lot out of a nil-nil draw this week. I mean, but given the fact that how tremendous the fans were and, and, and some of the individual displays in there, it was well worth kind of dwelling on. Um, however, Tramia fans might be irked by the fact that we seem to claim we celebrate draws. Um, but you know, it's should uh, yeah, they, should, should be, they should yeah. they should beat us. So it's um, that's that's the reality of it. You know, maybe on uh, three times the budget, then uh, they should be doing a little bit better. But there we are. Um, but yeah, then what followed this week was, was kind of a, a real flurry of um, of kind of news. And first off, the Wrexham rearrangement it was set for the Friday night. Um, now we've got a Wednesday game um, coming down the tracks, which is going to be live on BT Sport. Great for the coverage. I mean, the the the, uh, the two one game in two thousand fourteen was so memorable. You know, Ben Hennigan um, last minute winner. Um, but this this uh, this rearrangement hasn't gone down well, has it? No, not at all. I, you know, when I seen it, my immediate reaction was that's terrible. Probably from a selfish point of view for the Chronicle because uh, our deadlines are Wednesday yeah. nights. <laughs> but really, that doesn't in the grand scheme of things that doesn't matter. It was more from the the supporters kind of thing because it got moved. This is the third time, second time it's been moved, hasn't it? Because obviously yeah. it was original Saturday game, Friday night bubble being lifted. Excellent, you know, just that was a massive game. It didn't really matter if it was on BT Sport or not. And then the initial reaction, as you say, was poor. And then you started hearing the stories from particularly the exile supporters because you would book flights, hotels, car trips, what have you. If you're making a long, considerable distance, you have to plan these things in advance. And you've actually seen a lot of people, you know, we did it on our story, you go onto the message boards, you go into social media. And I just think it's poor. Don't get me wrong, I totally understand why, if it's six, 7,000, why the club have to take it, particularly when crowds have been down, you know, there was a little bit, bit of a loss last year in the accounts, totally understand it, you're going to probably get 15 grand or so for two live games next month, but equally I just think it would have been, is it that big a difference, I don't know, I just thought it, I just thought it went down badly and I could understand why, because... A derby, it's not like Bourne or Bourne Wood at home. You can move that with the greatest respect in the world. 
but Derby wanted to be set in stone Friday night first game about the bubble I just think it should have been left there but then again I do understand where the club club has come from and I suppose I mean, we've got the bubble um, kind of the safe tra- travel element of it removed um, this year but I suppose from the authorities point of view they'll probably be happier not that they oh, yeah. but yeah. for it not to be on a Friday night yeah. you know um, clash anyway so there's that element of it um, but yeah it's just I, I don't know it, it, there's almost something I mean, Friday night football all used to really enjoy it because we used to have the odd occasion when we were kind of early days in the conference where we used to have a few Friday night games you know and there's something quite quite nice about that but um, yeah but I, again I can understand what like you say the the need for the um, the BT money because um, that's the Dagenham game and the Wrexham game yeah. shown so that's you know it's 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 money that the club need, you know. Yeah. I mean, they there's no one who's able just to dip her hand in the pocket and just, you know, pull out cash and if we need yeah. it, that's not the way it works. Um, so there is that that aspect of it, and the club aren't in a position to turn that that kind of money down. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll have uh, a good crowd in. Anyway, I'm hoping, I mean, surely, given the fact that we've we've kind of railed against the um, the bubble match restrictions since they were implemented with their. Uh, Removal um, this season, we should hopefully see a few more people there anyway. Um, I don't think, it, with it being on telly, we'll put off people who want to go to the game. No, anyway. yeah, no don't people want to watch wanna, it you, you don't want to watch yeah. the derby, don't you? Know, it's, um, but yeah, so I think, but hopefully we'll see another kind of magical uh, magical night in front of the cameras. But um, uh, was it, well, there's open story, but for someone there to uh, pop up at the uh, 93rd minute and rifle home a winner. I was lucky uh, hopeful boot was it the Wrexham Wrexham claimed it was during that time hopeful Hennigan boot it was a cracking finish more like definitely um, and then we also had Eastleigh this week because I mean that's another game that's been rearranged I mean we've got that on Tuesday October 31st isn't it so it's a nice trip down to Hampshire for a Tuesday night wonderful um, but the postponement I mean the whole situation around it we, we discussed this uh, last week was absolutely fast you know getting down there Load of fans were already there when, well, certainly within kind of five, ten miles of the ground when they heard that the game was going to be called off. I mean, Chester find out half past twelve, coach fifteen miles away from from the ground that the game's called off for um, subsoil drainage issues, as as Eastley said in the corner of the pitch. Um, what's transpired since then is that um, they're having work done on the pitch, which they anticipate to be finished today or yes, uh, today I think. Uh, so they're hopeful that their game against Hereford in the FA Cup is going to go ahead the weekend. Uh, however, they kind of moved to uh, appease uh, Chester fans and finally said those words that were missing from the initial statement they made. Sorry. Definitely. Um, so they've offered free admission and to reimburse costs to both the club and fans um, for travel um, expenditure uh, for the original clash. I mean, couldn't have done. I mean, aside from actually handling this better in the first place, I don't suppose they could have done too much more than this, can they? No, I, I. It was. They got all the criticism they had after the post moment was completely deserved. But I read the statement when it came out earlier this week, and I thought, well, fair place. It's the least they should do. Yeah. But at least they've rectified the error. But to come back to a point we made last week, it's something that the league and clubs like Eastleigh and Solihull have to get better at. Because it's not this is it's not the Northwest Counties, and I mean this in the nicest respect of the world. This, to all intents and purposes, is like the fifth league in the old football league pyramid now. And 
I'm pretty sure this problem was first came about in the summer and they had to postpone some friendly. So they've had enough time to do it. Yep. And to be fair, you know, it's great that more, most importantly that people will get reimbursed because a lot of people I imagine won't want to go down there on a Tuesday night given the fact that you're going to have to take off work probably there the day before, maybe on the, ne- the next day given the time you get back home. But yeah, I agree with you. I think they've, they've done the right thing in this situation, but you hope they learn from it. And I hope the league, you know, wrap them across the knuckles, whether it's right to find a non-league club, but then again, easily have got a lot of money. So, you yeah. know, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt them that much. But I just think something may need to be, you know, to be done about this. Because it, as you said yourself, it just makes them, the look, the league look a bit unprofessional when it's not, you know, it's, you know, the vast majority of clubs are big clubs in this league. It makes aren't it look they? a bit timpot, yeah. doesn't it? You know, yeah. and that's... yeah. I mean, it, there is. We, we discussed this last week. The fact that the National League are trying to—they almost—they are like an extension of, of the football league now, aren't they? I mean, it's, you, you look at through the National League, it's it's kind of littered with former football league clubs. The attendances are—if you, if you compare it to what the the old GM Vauxhall Conference days in the early nineties, you compare the attendances now. I mean, getting a, getting a seven thousand yeah. gate for a non-league game is absolutely crazy. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's fantastic. But I mean, it just shows. But that's like we've discussed it previously. Whereas Premier League's now this it is almost like a, an international kind of super yeah. league, isn't it? Yeah. And then the Championship almost becomes what the Premier League was back in nineteen ninety three, ninety four. You know, and then League One becomes what the first division was, etc., etc., etc. But if they've, I mean, if they're really, really going to push for these extra promotion places and make this league kind of more attractive to sponsors, to everything, they have to kind of get these things in order and hold clubs to task you can't member clubs should be under no illusions at the start of the season that um, it's the basics to get games on the basics we've not hit bad weather you can't I mean you can't avoid frozen pitches in in winter it happens happens in the football league you know um, less so further because you have you know the the finances are greater you've got heated pitches etc but you accept that but it's unacceptable for the two postponements that Chester have suffered, Dead right. um, and that's something which needs to be be done. I mean, I know you, you said then about fines. I mean, whether or not Eastley can afford to pay it's irrelevant. I mean, these should be there should be a structure in place whereby there is clear guidelines of if these aren't met, then the fine is X Y Z. Clubs know at the start of the season what they're facing. You know, I mean, it's um, it's the unknown. It's the fact that uh, everything seems to be treated differently, and that it's kind of really kind of haphazard way of, of dealing with problems when they when they come up I mean and there's no I mean I've read the conference rules and the, the, it just seems like if they're there's no kind of, but they've not really kind of followed them to the letter and there's no clear defined yeah. way of yeah. in terms of fines or or anything like that so it, it's things that need to be addressed and they need to be more transparency with it as well I feel um, and you know Eastley like we've given them some credit there for, for trying to make amends but I'm loath to give them too much credit because of the way it was handled, um, and also by the fact that Chester were going to go down there on a Tuesday night, um, and it's, it's tough. A hard game it's now, tough. It's hard. It's a hard, hard game on a Tuesday night because I mean, you're going to travel down. They travel down the same day yeah. anyway, but you've got the full day there. Whereas yeah. you're playing in the evening, and you got you know it's, it almost plays into to Eastley's hands. That so yeah, I'm, I'm loath to give them too much credit for that, but. Um, let's hope they get their, their pitch in order today. Um, and speaking of pitches, it seems right we probably talk about you picked it up earlier on, the, on in the week in one of the digests the fact that the EFL are now discussing kind of uh, whether three G pitches will be allowed in football mm-hmm. league competition. Um, we've discussed this 
kind of numerous times um, from Chester's point of view it would make financial sense certainly but there is also the element of not everyone likes to see football played on the 3G surface I mean if recent history is to go by I mean Chester, Chester suffer miserably on a 3G yeah. surface you know that yet to yet to glean anything off one but um, where do you, you stand on this Paul I mean, in terms of I mean I know we've 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 had it briefly in the past. I remember QPR; yeah, they had kind Preston, of that pressed and had it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that was almost like a. I mean, they've moved really. on from them, yeah. haven't they? You know, you're not going to have lads playing an astroturf trainers. Um, but do you think it is something that is right to be brought back to the table? From a traditionalist point of view, I understand that the game should be played on grass. But you kind of touched on a point there about the Premier League and the Championship. The Premier League, there's so much money in there, it's almost like it's a closed shop almost now. Apart, I think they'll come where three clubs will come down each year and then three clubs will go back up. You might get a certain exception every so often. So the financial gap is getting wider. And leagues 1, Leagues 2 and non-league are getting so far removed from that kind of money that's up there. Some clubs which are rooted in the community, like Chester, do need, or Maidstone or whoever, but you know any of these clubs who've now got one, you do need a revenue stream. And... I think it is, you know, you, I go past, I live near, not too far, Witnesses Ground, and I go past it every night and I've got the floodlights on and it's getting used all the time. I remember when I went to Kershaw Ashton on the way back up the leagues, facility was there, it's full. You go anywhere nowadays with four, three, four G pictures and they are constantly being used by the community, local sports teams, you know, social players. So I can totally understand why it should be something that's brought to the table. If the EFL were to turn around and say, no, we're not having that, which they were well within the rights to, even though this team's playing the Champions League with them now. I wouldn't personally think it's the way to go for Chester FC because it's a kind of, uh, it's almost an admission that we're, we're not in a position to go up yet and it costs a lot of money, doesn't it, to go? But if you ask, if the league were to say, we're going to do it, yeah, why not? Why not? It's just, yeah, we'd love the games to be played on grass, but clubs need to help. They need clubs need help down at this level. I mean, it, there is it's something which we we touched on kind of last year, didn't we? We did on this year certainly about the club were open to the idea, but not necessarily on the actual playing service itself, yeah. but maybe a facility alongside it. But um, it's where a where do you find the room for that? And also, um, we we kind of mentioned about well, in the digest you mentioned about Sutton, mm-hmm. and for them though, on the flip side of that, I mean they're kind of pushing for that because they were. Paul Doswell always said they were going to try and be the best they could be in non-league football. But that cup run last year has kind of accelerated the club forward probably about five years yeah. um, to the point where they're financially, I mean, they, they've got a bit of muscle to be able to challenge mm-hmm. now and they're, and they're doing well this season. Good manager, um, good setup, good fan base and it's one that could support a football league team. So now they're thinking, well, it's in, our, it's in our best interest to try and get in the Football League. However, as rules stand, we can't get in there, which means, what would they do? Rip up a, a facility which cost them £450,000? Yeah. You know, and for the money you would get going into the Football League, it would be less than that. Yeah. So you've, it's kind of weighing it up. And that facility to, to Sutton, you take that away now, I mean, that's a significant revenue stream coming into the football club. Um, and it's something which, I mean, I'm, I'm torn. I don't... Like like you, I'm a bit of a purist. I don't want to see. Uh, I wouldn't particularly fancy seeing. It wouldn't be, certainly wouldn't be my preferred option to see an artificial pitch uh, at the Diva itself. Um, but if there was the ability to find somewhere in the vicinity of the ground, uh, the stadium where by 
a facility can be used to, to kind of bring people in seven days a week. I mean, I live near TNS's ground. Um, I'm from eight o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. That facility cool. is in use. Um, and it's not only people using the, the pitch there from kind of juniors upwards, it's also the fact that it also enables you to bring in other facilities there. So kind of like a conference suite or like a, a restaurant and a bar. And it just opens it up to a whole whole other kind of revenue streams that, that kind of weren't there before but all that takes money and investment and where do you find that I mean because clubs can get a grant for this type of thing you know to a certain extent but um, so I'm sure it's something which is, is still kind of on the table for the football club but I do think we're probably a little way away from, from I just I just think if they get the go ahead I think it's worth having a debate about it just be open it is a fan owned yeah. club have the debate about it because I know it would be quite there would be a lot of polar op- opinions but why not have that debate? Because it's proven, as you said, or you gave an example with TNS, it's proven as a revenue stream maker. And nowadays, Premier, whereas once used to go, well, football grounds are only used you know, 20 weeks a year kind of thing, it doesn't matter for the top clubs. Like, match day tickets revenue is second. Oh, yeah. what, they don't yeah. care. Yeah. But for a club, if your club was used 52 weeks a year, you know, if it were like every most days, like, and, and if, what they seem to still have is a good relationship with the council obviously as the owners of the ground I just think it'd be something worth considering and debating if that uh, rule change was to go through because I think that's where we all want to get back to as people who support Chester is back to the football league whether it it might not not happen Marcus Bignus might you know pull a rabbit out of the hat but He's going to need probably more money, isn't he? So I don't know. Be interested to see, kind of. I mean, no doubt this is kind of been discussed at higher up anyway. In terms of what the the finances would look like, in terms of clubs who've already got this kind of existing yeah. existing three G three G pitch available, um, kind of how that affects them. And I mean, because you look at the teams that do have it in the league, um, you've got Maidstone, uh, Boreham Wood now, Bromley, and Sutton, yeah, and. They're all clubs which very much established kind of national league clubs now, and all clubs that seem to be thriving a little bit. I know yeah. some of them have got got kind of some financial muscle behind them, but um, in the case of Maidstone, uh, location helps because it's very very central to the town centre there. Um, but they're getting two and a half thousand, you know, and yeah, it's fantastic. They, they, they can't yeah. they can't like they they can't almost cater for the numbers that they're getting there because when we've been there previously, I mean they're they're looking to to do more, but uh, on one side of the ground, they've got a river behind it. Can't do much there, so they're almost like to capacity, it seems, and it's um, which is fantastic. But that facility is in use all the time, so it's a it's a debate for another day. It'd be interesting to see how that that pans out. Um, but in terms of matters which are happening on actual grass, um, <laughs> we've got the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, trip to Kidderminster on Saturday. Uh, good kind of good 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 non-league ground. Good club. Good pie. Um, but it's going to be a vitally important game, you feel, for Chester's season because, you know, progression in this first round is worth twelve and a half thousand pounds. You know, you get a favourable draw in the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could end up playing. You know, you don't. It it could change the football club for the next five years. Um, so it, it, you can't really underplay the significance of this weekend. No, not at all. And I think just uh, from a perception kind of thing, I think people have accepted, given the fact that Marcus Business has had a massive. Uh, like not a head start what's the opposite word he's playing catch up isn't he given the start of the season 
you know, I think people accept that for now. Survival at this moment in time is not the priority for the full season, but it's getting away from trouble. I just think a loss on Saturday would kind of really hit home. Like that was the idea. I know the trophy still to come, but you know, it just, it just, it would. It's been a pretty positive start under him, and I think it just kicking on a little bit going into these next couple of league games before the next round I just think it's an important one this Saturday just to, to get through at least get a draw and, and win the replay but just to get through we've seen it previously where it's kind of sucked the life out of seasons yeah. really I mean we had that great run last season when we lose 1-0 at Southport took a great following there as well and it was really disappointing performance season before same thing again lose 1-0 at Altrincham yeah. year before that and then we had that little run to the second round where we played Barnsley you know, great times and that's memorable and that, that helped the football club you know financial cash cash boost there but um, it needs it again and, and like we, we say this every week we don't want to sound like Bob Gray but it's um, <laughs> cut, cut runs at this level are, are vital and this is a winnable game as well they're a mid-table National League North side a good side Man, you know John Eustace is, is doing a good job there some good players um, but it's a game Chester should, should be winning Um and I'm sure it'd be, be interesting to see. It's probably come. I think I do think they made the change. Maybe possibly possibly in the summer it should happen. But in terms of Marcus Bignett coming in, that's him now. Um, you still got that little bit of a boost. And given the, the positive results at Tranmere, had we lost at Tranmere, I would have been a bit nervy about going into yeah. this game. Um, and they would have really fancied the chances. But they've got something to build on there, and they showed that they can be resilient and dogged and determined so they'll need all that but they also um, should hopefully be buoyed by the return of someone like Harry White um, which means that you know we can try and carve some chances and, and find the back of the net with a bit bit more regularity um, it's going to be a interesting weekend we'll be there live from Agbra um, as we always are giving you the uh, the live updates and the very latest we'll bring you all a Marcus Bignett reaction as well but uh, thank you very much for joining myself and Paul this week and we'll be back next week to discuss uh, what is likely I'm sure to be another busy seven days of uh, of Chester FC news so thanks very much again for joining us and we will see you again next time <laughs>